Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Wafflers. It is Ellie, your host for today. And I'm here alongside my wonderful co-hosts, Elena, Beatrice, and Ricardo. Woo! Yeah, um, Woo! welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about toxic masculinity and toxic femininity. Um, yeah, and going straight into it, should we just kind of go around and give our key idea of what we see as toxic masculinity and femininity? Anyone want to start? Sure. I mean, toxic masculinity is basically, to me, is the set of cultural norms or expectations that box all types of people into certain uh, gender roles or expectations. And it's not limited to you know, just men, it's limited to, as well, to females, which is, um, you know, what's it called, which is why we're talking about toxic femininity as well today, and also applies to non-binary people, of course. So, anybody else with the definition of toxic masculinity and femininity? Okay, um, I think toxic masculinity is um, um, it's sort of um, I, it's hard to explain because it's just a set of really old ideals, and it's just men uh, doing what um, society thinks men should do, um, which you know isn't exactly um. Uh, where we want to aim, but yeah, that that's that that's what it is, I think. And um, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. But I also I would also add that it's about um, bringing negativity towards others and yourself when it comes to it. So, like feeling like you have to fulfill these societal standards, and then or making others feel like they have to do it as well yeah yeah definitely there's like an uh, important uh thing about pressure as well mm -hmm. and kind of the interconnectedness of it all as well yeah definitely i think they are just incredibly negative stereotypes that we tend to fall into just by default and I, I don't know I guess I would say in my personal experience toxic masculinity is brought up much more than we hear toxic femininity um and I don't know why that is probably because I don't know why do you guys think that is we we talk a lot more about toxic masculinity rather than oh you're being so toxic when we're talking to girls we rather shine that more into boys why do you think that is i completely disagree oh really I think, really yeah. i agree with that really now no no okay okay i just mean like if you're saying in conversation you're so toxic i think the idea of being toxic you can apply it to both genders yeah, that's very but true. i think the reason it's toxic masculinity is because if we're talking about like an institutionalized set of oppression it's very hard pressed to argue that women are not the 
I guess, directly marginalized by those sets of standards. And it's only becoming more and more recent that we hear about how toxic masculinity can affect men because it's like grossly undercommunicated how much like men have to conform to societal expectations. But I think if we look at it in a historical context, it's sometimes overlooked as kind of what women couldn't have the vote and women you know they couldn't work and they had to stay at home but now the conversation is being twisted and addressing kind of all gender identities as well so I'm just saying like I disagree with the fact that toxic as a verb is only for men or like and like not do you know what I mean Yeah, I think what I was trying to ask is, I guess, like, in school in particular, we hear a lot more about toxic masculinity rather than toxic femininity. I know you and I have had more discussions about toxic masculinity in the classroom rather than toxic femininity, that's for sure. And I've never really considered why that is. Maybe we But is that because we are girls? Yeah, maybe that is. Like... Um, some sort of Ricardo, anger, what do you maybe? <laughs> For sure, no, uh, I mean, uh, we talk about toxic masculinity a lot in our school as well. And I, you know, I don't think because it's because the class is composed by a majority of girls or a majority of boys, but I think we do tend to talk a little bit more about toxic, toxic masculinity because um, it is more prominent and it has been more prominent um, throughout history. Um, and you know the the sort of things that are implied within toxic masculinity are you know perpetuated uh, a lot, and um, I think it's it's really easy to spot toxic masculinity because of this, and it's it's which makes it even easier to talk about, and um, the fact that we don't talk about um, toxic femininity as much is because um, I think we tend to look more towards um i don't want to say fixing but you know addressing issues regarding men to sort of level out the the playing field and get into that Mm. gender equality um uh nirvana that we were trying to achieve nirvana (laughs) yeah i was gonna say (laughs) i mean for viewers that don't necessarily um know or have experienced they feel toxic masculinity. Does anyone want to give some examples of toxic masculinity? I guess a, a pretty prevalent prevalent um, example of toxic masculinity. I'm going to give that as an example because I'm a woman, but there is most definitely examples of toxic femininity is, but mansplaining, I would say. Um, I've been in many situations <laughs> where I've had men explain to me stuff that I already know, um, thinking that they're helping me because, I don't know, I'm a woman or because, I don't know, I'm shorter and I look, I don't know, maybe more innocent. Um, yeah. But, and it's even the most simplest of things. And bringing, I was just thinking about, and I wanted to ask you guys, do you think, um, this is quite an interesting topic and, I don't know if it's controversial or not and may be brought up in next week's episode, but the idea of whether or not men need to be aware of 
the menstrual cycle and the use of pads and um, tampons. Like I've seen so recently, it's blown up on social media, men reacting to how tampons work. Do you think it's important for men to know how they work or not? Yes. Do you think, do you think it's toxic masculinity when a man says, oh my God, I don't show me anything at that. That's disgusting. Yes. I think, yes, that's that. I don't necessarily think it's important that they know because it's not something that they go through necessarily. But I think the reaction to it, like whether they act in a disgusted manner or something like that, then that it raises the issue. Um, but I did want to say before we move on away from the mansplaining thing that um, I also think it's an issue how women react to mansplaining because sometimes a man may not know exactly what they're doing and it means it in yeah. a genuine way to explain it to you if that makes sense and a yeah. lot of mm-hmm. women or girls take it like offensively so I also think it's important to address that there's two sides to it that not everybody is trying to mansplain necessarily yeah definitely I mean I think uh they need to I guess I don't like it when it's a sum I like kind of an assumption that I just don't know. Yeah. Especially if it's something like STEM related. For example, I take physics. It's a very men dominated course. And there yes. are multiple classes a week where I'm the only girl in the room. And there was kind of an instance it would we were talking about valentine's day because it was valentine's day recently in the physics classroom and i said something about how oh i had a good valentine's day i spent it with my friends and the teacher as well is also a man and you know my classmates are also they're all boys so they're kind of saying oh but you don't understand like how big of a deal valentine's day is like you don't understand the struggle of being alone on valentine's day because you're a girl and you know it's easy for girls to uh have a partner on valentine's day which so many things to unpack but yeah it was one classmate in particular that was like you'll never understand you'll always have a valentine on valentine's day just because you're a girl like what there's so many so I just don't like the assumption that I don't understand like what it's like to be lonely or what it's like to like what it, yeah. sometimes it's just like those weirdest things also with like tech as well and like math and physics I can people just assume that I don't know mm. definitely oh, and I um, think yes, yeah. go on Ricardo no no yeah please don't I was going to say, going on, like, the STEM very quickly, that's definitely prevalent in, uh, like, media as well. Like, I was going to say, anyone who's watched The Big Bang Theory or not, all the men are physicists and all the women are biologists. Of course, I love biology, but we also have, like, Beatrice, who's very much into physics. Like, you even see that within TV shows where women stick to more female sciences, like biology, whereas men take physics because it's definitely more abstract and challenging in that sense so i mean i take as much as i love I as much it. as i love the tv show like it's and i take physics <laughs> yeah it's yeah so anyway i just want to say that go on ricardo what do you want to say uh i was gonna say um 
it, you know, we had talked about the sort of STEM um, group of classes and sort of boys being uh, condescending and things like that. And I've had the opposite effect in um, <laughs> more imagination-driven uh, sort of uh, courses. Like, yeah, I take um, English, uh, higher-level language, and, um, you know, it's it's a very female dominated class you know like like um physics for bias you know there is um a couple of of hours a week where i am the only boy in the room and um i you know i find it not not hard but um it's you kind of have to be careful on like stepping stones on on what you say because you know you are um the only boy there and when um when you try to put forth a concept and um you know it's it's really easy to get shot down really quickly um yeah, especially because, when you're you know, studying public opinion is feminism yeah and you know it, you have to be really careful and uh, voicing your thoughts isn't necessarily always <laughs> the best choice uh in certain situations um how do you guys um, think but yeah how do you guys think um, toxic femininity is kind of seen throughout society? Because I think toxic masculinity is more obvious to pick out, in my opinion. I think I... recently we had um, an incident at my uh, school where we had we have these um, like meetings called GIFs, and uh, one of them was about like sexual assault and harassment and um it was very female dominated and uh it made a lot of men or guys feel um uncomfortable sharing their thoughts because of how sensitive the issue is amongst females and one guy did express his feelings and what he thought and personally I thought they were justified um but it sparked outrage and he was apparently not allowed to have the opinion that he had and uh it shot they shot him down and none of the other guys wanted to add their opinions either and so I feel like it was it's quite interesting and quite sad to see that men can't express their opinions and like work towards things when it's such a female dominated thing it's really easy to get shot down i mean when you when you're talking about really sensitive issues it's it's so easy and um you know you have to be careful not only with what you say but with how you say it as well because you know you can't be condescending you you have to be careful around your words and yeah a lot of men just decide to steer away and sort of be indifferent but it's not because they don't care necessarily it's just because um they're scared of getting just fisted back down and just you know smacked out of the conversation i I, I definitely think one side to toxic femininity is having that uh, very one-sided view on feminism in particularly Mm. and issues like sexual assault and not being aware so much on kind of seeing like feminism in particular as women deserve more rights 
we are mistreated compared to men, which obviously, yes, that's where the issue stems from. But oh, we it, it comes from a place of naivety. And I think that's what stirs toxic femininity and toxic masculinity is coming from this kind of being oblivious to other opinions and just having a one-sided view on how mm-hmm. things are, which yeah. hopefully changes as we grow to become a more globalized society hopefully um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think hopefully, is, yeah. yeah um what i was thinking is about like a um manifestation of toxic femininity is this whole idea of competition between women and it's a theme that we continually go back to in my higher level English class <laughs> of all all girls about we talk about like internalized misogyny and it's not mm. always that it's men that are oppressing us sometimes it's just other women and jealousy is a big thing and women mm. are treated to see each other as competition and i think if you've ever been a teenage girl you know what that's like like yes. it could be over the most the most ridiculous things and you're just in- internalizing all of this kind of competitive jealousy and it's definitely not just a personal thing for me i've spoken to many kind of girls about this and you know it's sometimes you don't even realize how much you- we are built to tear other women down as well, girls. 100%. I mean, so. We touched on this in our first yeah. episode. I'd argue it's the same with you know any kind of mas- toxic uh, something because you know toxic masculinity too. I mean most um, teenage boys are in constant competition. You know it doesn't matter what you know we're also a lot less mature which is very obvious in some cases. But um, we, <laughs> we tend to get really, really competitive about, you know, even the smallest things. I, I think um, it, it's, it, you know, being competitive and shooting each other down isn't um, a gendered issue. It's more of a being a person issue. Human issue. Yeah, being just, <laughs> we're, we, we're built like that. And it's, it's kind of bad. Yeah. But, um, we're built yeah. to compare and yeah. to compete. Yeah. What yeah, do you we're, guys we're... think? Sorry, didn't I continue? No, no, go on. What do you guys think of the dangers of these kind of issues with toxic masculinity and femininity? I think yeah. it's very repressive. Yeah. I think that's the word to describe it. I mean, this whole thing about assault, right? I saw like a staggering statistic about in the UK for boys and men who get assaulted it's like 92% will choose not to report because of these kind of statistics so with things as big as not being able to come forward for fear of not being believed about sexual assault about assault based on gender or you know from the smallest things like men can't wear dresses you know that harry styles vogue cover that's what i'm thinking about and how people were so so it's it's kind of in the biggest things and the smallest things and it affects people intersectionally it's not really 
something that women should be concerned about or men should be concerned about or non-binary people should be concerned about. Everyone should be concerned about it because it genuinely affects everybody in ways that, you know, are nuanced and are different, but it's necessary to address in very slow ways because culture is so ingrained. But I think talking about it is a good first step in kind of dismantling those systems. Mm. Um, I think what's particularly dangerous about this is that you know being a toxic male or being a toxic female um, what it does it, it, it creates a really um, bold like and visible and sort of what kind of feels like an insurmountable line between males and females and just sort of splits them from apart and um, creates even more um, topics for debate and creates even more discrepancies, even more inequality. Um, so I think this categorization of, you know, the I, I sort of the ideal man and the ideal woman, um, it, it, it's, it's pushing us back in a way mm. because, we, you know, we, we sort yeah. of, yeah, we find ourselves um, going back to old ideals, which, you know, isn't... <laughs> great and it's not what we need yeah there's a lack of communication and there's a lot of defensiveness that there is when it comes to masculine toxic anything you don't want to be the person who's being toxic and you don't want to be the person who is experiencing that toxicity and so there's this inability to communicate uh how people are feeling now especially now during COVID where we have all these online things and we aren't seeing each other face to face. And there's a generation of kids now that are growing with seeing people with masks on. And as little as that sounds, you develop your, like the ability to understand people at a very young age because you see facial expressions. And I feel like we're gonna go backwards in terms of communicating this and I'm talking about this in a sense like linking it to toxic masculinity and femininity because the huge step that we have to take is being able to communicate in a way where there's the least amount of defensiveness or attacks taken And if we can't do that, I mean, if we can't pick apart how people are feeling, I feel like our society is going to take a huge step back. Yeah. And I think a major issue with communication, particularly in the era of COVID-19, is that because everything is held online now, social media is where the mass majority, it's probably where most misinformation and bias and prejudice comes into place. Mm So... Um, a recent kind of example of this like competition in toxic femininity in particular is with Olivia Rodrigo and her song Driver's License and then the competition that people put her with Sabrina Carpenter. I don't know if you don't know about this people listening, but it's something that's been on social media and people push like putting them against one another just because they had the same ex-boyfriend and saying like, oh, they need to give their side of the view or whatever and people just going straight ahead and assuming what's going on I think that's a huge issue is that 
we all have these assumptions about others because of we think we have the right to know what's going on in their lives or the right Mm. to judge others and that leads to even more suppression and people don't feel the right like they have the right to speak and that their opinion's valid because of this because there's just a mass majority of people that gang up on others online and because of this when we see that on social media we're less likely to kind of put our voice out there yeah because we're so scared of getting shot down yeah and we don't everything can be taken so differently through text whereas in like Mm -hmm. in person you see someone's facial expression immediately and you can respond immediately to that it's much easier to communicate than a simple text online yeah i think that's so much harder for younger generations growing up today through the Mm -hmm. face of social media i'm about driver's license as well like i know ellie and i have been going back and forth about this i think what angers me the most about the whole situation is comments that say that olivia's success with the song has only been in part due to, you know, the drama that surrounds it and that she's only doing it for clout and for recognition. So she's using the gossip to her advantage, which I could take it in two ways. If she's doing that, props. Wonderful Smart. business Business move. Literally, <laughs> love it. Uh, profit off of your heartbreak, <laughs> sis. Like, not all of us can do that. Like, go for it. But secondly... I think that is such a low blow for sometimes people that write these things are like adults and like articles on on news commentary pages saying, oh, she didn't really deserve it. The song is subpar. I mean, you might be able to say like you like a song, you don't like a song, but definitely you cannot be like, what is it? Six weeks on Billboard, like Hot 100 just because your song is subpar and just because like the drama mill is you turning in terms of that song so i think discrediting her achievements as a young woman person of color i think it's important for people to recognize that she did write a song in her senior year of high school you know how many people do we know who wrote a song that's number one and Mm. i think it's a smart business move anyway, so <laughs> I think. <laughs> Who I think, ra- yeah. Um, like, wrapping up, do you guys each want to give, like, one little, like, suggestion on what you think is the best way moving forward with the current situation? I think just listen to people. Like, at the end of the day, you need to be open to see your flaws and how you're treating others and how you're treating yourself as well. Like you may be a victim of this and you don't realize it and someone else realizes it and tells you you have to be open. Um, And it's a hard thing to hear when you may be hurting others or hurting yourself, but just be open about it and be willing to talk. I can't I think, believe it's the end of yeah. the 30 minutes. You can go. Well, I, just, I can't believe it's the end of like our time. That episode went by really quickly. Um, yeah, I think, I think communication is very important as well. But mainly, it, you know, not letting it slide. Um, not having a sort of 
uh, boys will be boys. Um, yes. You know, yes. going at it. You know, you have to be able to recognize it. You have to be able to talk about it, and you know, you have to be able to understand that you know maybe what you're doing isn't the best for everybody around you, and you can choose to, uh, you know, not be a terrible person and do something about it. And yeah. So don't Just... don't let it run unchecked. Mm -hmm. Yes. Final final advice. Be aware of, as Elena and Ricardo said, be aware of your own toxic behaviors. Because I'm sure inadvertently, parts of us, whether it's competition or jealousy or man mansplaining, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I think being aware again of our own privilege as well, because. There are some aspects of toxic masculinity and femininity which hurt the other gender and allow the other gender to express themselves. So, for example, with emotions, men are not able to express their emotions in the ways that women are or be creative or pursue more creative pursuits due to the rigid genders of um, gender. The, yeah, and so I think just being aware that it's not always just one side is bad so recognizing your it's own more privilege complex. yeah yes, definitely that, yeah well there you have it be aware communicate don't be naive and don't be afraid to speak up people because tox you can't take this issue lightly toxic masculinity and toxic femininity cannot be taken as a joke because it is an issue that actually affects people's well-being so yes thank you for tuning in today for another session of mm -hmm. the wafflers with us for waffling about a social prevalent social issue we'll see you next time thank you for listening have a great thank day you. thank Farewell. you